You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are the Joes, Will Greenwood, Ryan Livergood, and Jake Patterson. That's right, we're the Fantasy Joes. Jake and Will are with me. I'm Ryan. What's going on, guys? How are you? Happy to be back in action. So much to talk about. I can't wait to talk about all the uh, the minicamp or whatever training camp is going on news. Uh, I'm making massive dynasty swings and things are looking up. My offseason, you know, teams are just, they're just looking so impeccable and incredible. Yeah. Fortunately, Jake, we're not going to spend a lot of time on talking about the, all the, the buzz that the beat reporters are putting out there on Twitter tonight. We're going to really focus a lot on trades and Twitter trades in particular. Jake, you make any trades lately that are interesting? Yeah. Uh, I've recently traded Chris Carson and re- traded for Chris Carson and Mike Davis. And I shipped off a late 2022 first and a 2023 second. Yes. I love it. I love it. Because I think we touched on this in previous shows that, you know, I mean, yes, I like to keep those future draft picks and they're valuable. But if you have, you're a super strong contender and you feel very confident that there's going to be late first round picks get guys to help you now like Carson who I'm you know we talked about on the show before like so high on him this year you know and um you know Mike Davis is is gonna I mean I know it's something could happen a transaction Atlanta could acquire someone who knows how good the offense is going to be at the end of the day but he's going to be a starting running back for the Atlanta Falcons and I think there's a lot of value there so what do you think about that uh trade well yeah I was, I was totally for it I think Chris Carson is like significantly underrated assuming like the Russell Wilson and all that saga plays out. Well, they have like that, that offense has like a pretty good bond. Yeah. You know, I was, I was listening to the fantasy Joe's veteran RB podcast and I felt like uh, I wanted to take action based on all the new information I got. Those guys are smart. Take yeah. Action. Every once in a while, they, they know what they're talking about. So I think um, it's a, sorry, it's a perfect win-win for both teams. Like, obviously I like it for me because I'm a win now team, but if I'm not competing, I'm shipping those guys off for that return in a heartbeat. I think, well, yeah, I think it's a fair return. I don't think it's like a, a massive overpay and I don't, I've, but in his shoes, that's fantastic. Cause in a rebuild, you want those younger guys. Yeah, I, I agree, uh, Jake. And that's the perfect example of, um, you know, that's why if you put that on Twitter, who knows what Twitter is going to say, right? which side they'll take if they like the draft picks or, you know, they like the win now guys, but it, it doesn't really matter because it, it, so many of these trades are situational and really good deals are good deals that help both parties. So that that's a, that's a great deal. Um, obviously if you're making a trade for yourself, you want to get the most out of the deal um, and, and you don't care at the end of the day, but I, I love, I love those win-win deals. Very satisfying. And yeah, as, as Jake would say, you want to, you know, acquire more value. Always. More more assets are better, right? Yeah, better high-end assets. It's not even that I necessarily needed running backs either. Um, like, my like my team is very championship-ready. It's probably one of the deepest rosters in the league, Humblebrig. Um, but as we all know, RB is the most volatile position. It is the easily the most uh, injury-riddled, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So it's better to have, it's important to have depth there. Depth is important. I mean, you know, so I guess it can be overrated depending on the league that you're in, but it, it's rare that you regret having too much depth 
um, unless, unless you need to move some of it to acquire a piece to put you over the top. But um, guys, we did miss some big news. We did, we took a week off um, and, and there was a big, a big um, transaction in the NFL. So we had, of course, <laughs> Julio Jones going to Tennessee. We haven't, what? we haven't recorded. Ah, yeah. You just heard it. Yeah. Holy... Will, did you know about this? I, I, what number is he going to wear? Number two. Yeah, holy, holy cannoli, huge transaction. So, you know, so th- there was a lot of talk on Twitter about A.J. Brown. Um, we're going to talk about Twitter trades here in a second. But, um, and it's it's all over the board. There were some people that suggested, you know, going out and acquiring him, but there were some people that suggested selling him. And I don't know, it was all over the board. So what do, what do you guys think in terms of, of A.J. Brown, in terms of Dynasty? Is, is his, has any thoughts changed about him? Is it, does, it, does it make you want to... Um, less likely to acquire him, or do you want to go out and acquire him because now his value is perceived by the market to have gone down? What do you guys think about that? You want to lead it off, Jake? Sure. Um, he definitely loses value, right? Like you can't acquire Julio Jones, a Hall of Fame talent, and he, he and he doesn't not lose value. I understand that he's they lost Corey Davis and Jonas Smith, so there are going to be plenty of targets there, but it's hard to say on any given play that uh, Antonio Brown's even like the wide receiver one on that team. Like in redraft, I would say it's a conversation between like who to have, like, and I would probably prefer whoever's the better value, which so like most likely Julio in dynasty. He, he, like I said, he moves down, but does he move down tiers, uh, even ranks really? No, like he could, he could stay as the wide receiver one in dynasty and still move and his, his value is still going to drop a little bit based on this accusation. Yeah. Um, I moved him down to wide receiver two, but I don't even feel confident that with that, I think he could still be the wide receiver one. My main move down with him was into a tier with DK Metcalf, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and CD lamb. So before I had him as a clear cut, he was the number one guy for me. Now I just have him in a range of guys where he might be my favorite, but I would be fine pivoting for value. I, I, so, I, so I don't think that you're getting a discount on AJ Brown. Uh, and if his value is decreasing and you can somehow buy into that discount, uh, I would love to buy that dip. I know adding Julio in there, it, it'll matter, you know, for the over, like versus it's just being him, but then, you also have, you know, the number one cornerback the whole time. You have teams paying a lot more attention to him. The rest of that passing game was was about to be maybe potentially kind of a mess. Uh, we'd have to see kind of how Ryan Tannehill operates in that. But, I mean, right now, A.J. Brown is 23. Uh, he was wide receiver 14 in PPR, like not even points per game, just overall PPR with only 14 games played. And, and he missed a part, like went out pretty early uh, in one of those. So with, you know, 70 catches and 11 TDs, Again, or to, to harp on this, Julio, as far as a red zone target, he gets more blanket coverage. And at least with Matt Ryan, it was he was never a big, you know, he never big touchdowns guy. So let's just you know, maybe we just go with the assumption too that AJ Brown could still be a big touchdown guy. Uh, and he with his 106 on 485 team passing attempts last year, he was hyper efficient basically, and he's been hyper efficient his first two seasons. I mean, as a rookie, went over a thousand yards last year, he was you know, able to eclipse that only slightly, but he, you know, he missed, he didn't miss any games rookie or missed you know, a couple games last year. And what, what kills me with all this and the AJ Brown, I think 
they they needed another passing weapon. Like only having one, it doesn't doesn't really work out all. It wouldn't work out all that well, you know, with how Ryan Tannehill operates as a quarterback. He's a you know he's a high per completion percentage passer. He looks for the open guy. And for this, I, if there was any sort of dip in dynasty, I would be buying right away. I looked at PFS projections for for 2021, and so it's 17 games now versus 16, but they still only have AJ Brown for 114 targets, 78 catches, 1230 yards, and 17 touchdowns. That's a that's lower than what his extrapolated 16 well, games. Well, well, not, been last no, year. not no, seven touchdowns, not 17 touchdowns, right? Yeah, sorry, 17. Or sorry, I was saying, I was like, that's pretty damn good. Well, let's not complain about that projection. Yeah, <laughs> but it, you know, he's basically saying that it's going to take a. a a step back in production per game uh, comparatively. And I just don't I think he's going to have boom games. It's not like Tennessee's defense. I was like, great. Well, I'll get into it a little bit, but then they also projected, you know, Julio for 101 targets, 72 catches, 1,050 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, the rest of this whole passing offense, I just don't understand how like he's not going to get the same volume he was getting before. And he was already on a points per game uh, wide receiver one. And, and just nearing into the wide receiver one territory uh, in, in overall points, the, you know, the tight ends aren't going to soak up a ton of targets. Their overall projections there were 94 targets, 70 catches and six touchdowns. And it just, you know, and they they don't pass to the running back uh, the way that offense is kind of works. It's, it's tough for me to really see how AJ Brown's going to take a big dip. Like, but we're like, if we were expecting 175 targets and 125 catches, and, you know, that, that kind of massive season, I, I don't see that. I think that ceiling maybe is capped off, but the, you know, we're talking dynasty Julio is he's getting older and he is an athletic freak, but that age uh, is, is important and switching teams. We'll see how he can produce on the, on the Tannehill side, the, it's, it, uh, his projections from PFF were 521 attempts, 340 completions, blah, 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 and 25 touchdowns. But there's a, there's no way to me with 521 attempts that Julio and AJ Brown only account for 215 of those targets. That's where I get a little bit confused with the projections and what we're looking at fantasy points. I think both like Brown could end up with still easily like you know, 150 ish targets. Julio very similar in that passing game. If the game scripts go against the Titans. So that's the, I don't think he should be bumped down a tier. I don't think he should be bumped down from wide receiver one in dynasty. He's been too good thus far in his career for us to move him down. And I now pivoting here to the offensive coordinator. So one Todd, Todd Downing is the new OC and it's tough to find any relevant history uh, with him. He was the 2017 Raiders uh, OC when uh, black Jack Del Rio was the head coach when they were taking a lot of risks and the team had 558 passing attempts. I mean, the Raiders were six and 10 and they didn't have Derek Henry. Uh, so I could see that, you know, that kind of 16 game pace still being around that, that 500 mark. And if you just start to divvy it up around, like among the players that are on the Titans right now, Brown's going to have more targets than last year. I'd be willing to bet, you know, quite a bit on that. And if he, if he gets more targets and plays 16 games or more targets per game and play six or yeah, 16 games in the 17 game season, he is going to have a massive fantasy season still. On top of that, their team defense wasn't very good. They were ninth uh, in points allowed last, like ninth worst in points allowed last season. And I, I know that they added fairly uh, in the draft. We'll see how that goes. I mean, as a rookie corner, he probably won't have a massive impact on their scoring defense. 
and they play, you know, in a division that, that potentially got better this year. So I think that the, the overall points being scored by the Titans could go up. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think the wild card is, is obviously Julio. Cause I think that, that Tennessee definitely needed a, another weapon in that passing game. But is it going to be healthy? I mean, for me, I, I think AJ Brown's ceiling this year really depends on Julio's health because if Julio Jones is healthy, I think these projections are probably pretty accurate. Um, but, but if if Julio isn't healthy, I expect he's going to miss some games, um, and I think that's going to help AJ Brown. I think when he's out, that that AJ Brown will eat. Um, so, but it's interesting to to look at those numbers, Will, and and talk this out. But I bet at the end of the day, you, you certainly shouldn't be. Yes, you know whether he lost value or not. If you're an AJ Brown owner, don't. It's not the end of the world. I mean, it's not a it's not a tragedy um, that um, Julio went, has gone to Tennessee, and I, I just have my doubts that Julio's gonna gonna. Um, I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think the over under is on Julio Jones games played this year? I mean, oh, nine, thirteen, ten, oh, thirteen. I'm going uh, over. Yeah, I, I, I probably I probably go like twelve and a half, seventeen game season, Ryan. I know. I, I, I'm just really worried. Um, and maybe it's just, uh, uh, I have a lot of Julio Jones in a lot of my leagues, so I, I really need him to have a good year, but, um, I, I'm, I'm, and he's not really one of those guys at this point in his career, you can really sell for anything. I, I know I, yeah, I think the window to sell him was years ago. So it's, I just, with, with a guy like him, I'm just like, I'm going to, unless I totally am not contending and want to get some youth, I'm just, it's ride or die for me with Julio Jones. So we'll see what happens. I do yeah, agree I, with Will that, like Tennessee needed Julio Tannehill needed Julio AJ Brown. I think needed Julio. Like he's going to benefit from the opposing corner, leaving the offense being better and just learning from Julio, like at practice, like it's, there isn't too much negativity to look at it, but yeah. Cause I don't know. It's such a difficult thing to say. I think time will tell. I think like, I don't know if it's Julio as much, um, but I think AJ Brown was for me anyways, is probably a sell because like Will said, you he's wide receiver one or a tier above, like you can't get higher than that. So if you can get like a massive package for for him, that's kind of the move I want to like I want to make. Yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't hurt in like AJ Brown. Like like you both said, there's no there'd be no reason to worry about him. I, yeah, I, I think that's there just isn't like there's isn't, like moving him down the ranks or, or adjusting it like slightly. It just doesn't. Uh, it's it, like again, if I could buy at a discount, I would happily buy at a discount. Like if I can move, uh, I mean, like if this is the chance for me to move like Calvin really for AJ Brown, I'd do something I'm, like that. I'm trying to move AJ Brown for Jamar Chase plus. Would you move Jamar? Like, what would you add to Jamar Chase to get AJ Brown? Oh, that's tough. Uh, because Jamar Chase's value, I mean, his his he's like the what the seventh overall in DLF uh, rankings right now in wide receiver and hasn't played a game in the NFL. So I thought you were gonna say I, in rookie ranks. I would just... I, I would just move. Yeah, isn't isn't that crazy though? That he, he's going like you know fifth, one hundred six, one hundred five, one hundred seven. If you're lucky, yeah, and he's a, a top wide receiver asset. The thing is, I, I I would try not to move anything on top of Jamar Chase for AJ Brown. I, I wouldn't see the need for it if that person. Oh, yeah, I don't see. It's, it's, no one's it, gonna make that straight swap, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Am I adding like a second round pick? Am I adding Mike Davis? I offered AJ Brown for the one hundred six and one hundred nine, which was uh, Jamar Chase, and turned out to be Javante Williams. 
I wish I wish it was accepted. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to take an offer where I'm giving up to the two of the best draft assets this year for AJ Brown, especially if I, my team needs more roster depth. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. Well, if midseason, if you were getting 106 and 109, I'm sure so, you probably would have preferred AJ Brown. What's the minimum that you would take for age like Jamar Chase plus what is your minimum? I would want a first. Future first plus eight for post Jamar Chase. I, I was I was thinking the same thing. Give me, a, give me a second back. I think that's why those deals are kind of hard to to get done. Like a like a deal like that, like wide receiver, like the two primary pieces being like wide receivers. That that's why I, I don't know. Like it, I almost feel like you need to, um, and, but that's not what you're trying to do. I realize that, but I almost like you need to rethink the deal and, and involve other you know quarterbacks or, or running backs or something. But and that that's the thing with like AJ Brown. Like we everybody's talked about him moving down in dynasty value, but he hasn't moved down in dynasty trade value. It's not like it's, it's really altered it that much. You'd still probably take Jamar chase and Javante Williams for AJ Brown at the beginning, like before this trade happened. So, so what I said earlier in the redraft, like is AJ Brown, like way better than Julio? Like, are you, is it just worried that much worried that worried about the games played for Julio? Is that it? And the age, I, I mean, Andre Johnson going from, Houston to the Colts, this like player archetype as they age, it, it, it can be a pretty dramatic drop off. I mean, now he's playing in an outdoor stadium versus indoor. We don't yeah. really get to see Julio play in that environment that I, I think he'll be efficient. I just don't think that he's going to be this, this ultimate detriment to AJ Brown. And if, if, you know, hopefully if anything, it AJ Brown's production, just, you know, stay similar with a higher like targets and catches you know, and, and some more yards. If he ends up with 1,200, you know, 1,200, well, it's, I think switching from 16 uh, or like 15 fantasy games to 16 fantasy games. So if we look at like, if he ends with 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns, AJ Brown's going to vault right back up. It's just, I, I can't find a place to buy him where it, it like makes sense to pay, like to pay more. It just like, yeah, that's the the whole, I guess the, the whole way I'm going this conversation is super boring. Because at the end of the day, I just don't I don't see a scenario where this affects how you're uh, acquiring him. Maybe in maybe in a startup draft where he goes, but I, I would still be shocked. Well, well, let's transition away then, and and let's let's here's a we're gonna get into Twitter trades, but I want to get you guys warmed up, and, and because this the way this typically works is we I pull some trades from dynasty trades from Twitter, and I'll tell you the deal. And you guys will 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 have to make two choices. Number one, well, number one, talk about which side you prefer, and then number two, you decide what Twitter uh, recommended or, or what side they went with. And, and 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 you pick a number, and whoever's closest to the number wins. So we decided we're not doing prices right rules on this game, right? Well, are we doing prices right rules where you gotta you can't? No, go no, it's just close to the hole. Closest. Okay, perfect. So I just pulled this out just as kind of like an appetizer. It's not even a real uh, poll on Twitter, but. I just thought it was interesting. Came from FF Dynasty Polls, though. Is Josh Rosen worth holding in a 12-team, 30-player Superflex? And um, that prompted the conversation before we started recording. What roster is Josh Rosen even on? So have you guys totally written off Josh Rosen in a um, 30-player league with 12 Yes. Yeah. No. No way. No! Okay, why? Why not? Okay, not necessarily no way. But 30-man rosters are pretty deep. Um, I think it's deeper than 
most things I have other than taxi squads, etc. But we can't forget upside wins championships. And I think the upside of a starting, like if Josh Rosen stumbles into a starting quarterback gig, that's going to have more value than that end of the roster spot. Unless you're using it, uh, you get lucky with a handcuff running back, that type of thing. But I think uh, there's more value to be had in a Josh Rosen than I than the f- waiver water fodder otherwise. You know, I don't know, Jake. I mean, it's a it's a deeper league, but um, you know, it's not like thirty five man league. Um, and I, I I don't know. I think I'd rather you know roster some. Um, like the Elijah Mitchells of the world, you know, from the, the, you know, the, the third string, fourth string running back from the 49ers and Rosen. Cause I, close, I, I, I just think that Rosen is well, what about maybe that's not the best example? Well, well maybe because here's the thing, like talk about upside. I think Rosen is done. I think the Arizona, they realized we made a huge mistake. This guy is washed. We need to, to get out. And then, so they took Kyler Murray, obviously Kyler Murray is an amazing talent. Um, but you know, then went to Miami, and Miami was like, "Oh, this this guy isn't any good." I, I just think he's had so many chances. I, I don't. I, I think at, at this point, we kind of know what he is, and I, I just I see zero upside. Maybe he starts a game or two, but I, I don't disagree. I just, um, but, I, but the main thing is his cost is just a roster spot. We're talking here, right? Like it's not like you're yeah. actually paying oh, anything, yeah. but um, the opportunity cost of what else you could have had, like you could have had in that spot. Um, and I'm not saying that. Josh Rosen has a tremendous upside. It's more just like any starting quarterback has upside. And you see like he's now backed up, like he backed up Tom Brady last year. I don't know if NFL front offices care about that type of thing or if they should. Um, He's going to a Kyle Shanahan. Like he's, he's bouncing around decent franchises. Um, And he's like, like, I'm not saying that really means much of anything, but he's sticking around the league. It kind of seems like. And backups that stick around the league can have value in like a handcuff kind of position. That's all. I'm not saying he has any kind of value whatsoever. Right. If you, had, if you saw any free agent, I would, I would be quick to drop him, but I don't hate him. Right. No, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but man, what, what, a what a story, you know, it illustrates that, you know, it, this is, this is so much fun. we, we talked about that on the Patreon show, I think, which is uh, patreon.com slash fancy Joe's check us out on there. Um, that the, how it, it's funny because this things happen every off season that impact value so much that we just don't see coming. Andrew Luck retiring Sean Watson this year with his, his legal issues and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, seeing that he's the rookie picks, you know, Josh Rosen for some people that he was the number one quarterback in that, in that rookie class for them, for, for some people. And, and now he's, you know, almost barely holding on in the league. It's just, we're in a league. I, I, I think I, Rosen is gone from the league after this year. I don't even know if he's on the, he's, I don't think he's on the Niners, Niners like active roster coming this off season. That's I don't, I, I just don't see how he's like, you could, you could use that roster spot to move around a backup running back that has a way better chance than Rosen starting. It's not like Rosen was the direct backup in Tampa or in San Francisco. Like Nick Mullins was playing over him. Uh, CJ Beathard was, was ahead of him. He, I think has but like the bounce around to different teams to me though, shows that he is just, he doesn't pick up the playbook. That's he fair. doesn't have anything. I, I, I would just be done with him. We did see a Jordan love get traded for a first plus in a league yesterday. 
two days yeah. ago. And Jordan Love has lasted more than one year with the team he's on. He cur- his currently his tenure with the Packers is longer than Rosen's tenure with the Cardinals. <laughs> well, please stop hitting me with facts, okay? <laughs> it just is. It's just you like the you could read into the narrative of how he's bounced around, and it's just never gonna. It's just never gonna work. Well, so like Bortles, he's is he worth a roster spot? Yeah, Bortles has a better chance of producing fantasy points this year than Rosen does. Yeah, but, yeah, no so. shit. This like I don't disagree, but like, like Bortles, two years like last year, two years ago, like similar breath where he was yeah. worth absolutely nothing, right? Like, but but, but he, he shouldn't have been rostered two years ago. We're but talking he, about like a sixth round rookie pick value type guys. But but here's the thing: Bortles has actually produced in the NFL. He's he's been a viable fantasy That's asset. Too. Where, he's whereas a, he's, Rosen hasn't. You know, I'm not going to die on this Josh Rosen hill. That's just, that's <laughs> he, he was a quick. top seven. He was, so at one point, Blake Bortles was like a top seven ADP quarterback. Right. That's insane. Right. All right. Well, let's let's move let's move on. This is good. This is a good little advertiser. I didn't think we'd talk about Josh Rosen for that long, but Me that's 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 all right. It's cool. So let's let's actually get into the game. Uh, Rosen had a faster three cone drill than Davin Cook. Just... I had to, I had to make it some somewhat interesting that conversation. No, no, it was good. It was really good. I like that stat about the three cone. That's awesome. Um, yeah, Dalvin Cook has notoriously was, was poor three cone. Like that yeah, matters. And, and I think DK Metcalf. Yeah, I was gonna say probably better than Metcalf too. Yeah, right. I mean, you could, if you watch the replay of that that three cone drill too, there's a, an obvious slip, and I don't think I think they only get to do that once. Yeah, shouldn't have slipped. Our, all right, well, let's slip into the Dynasty Twitter trade, Ooh. shall we, guys? So I am going to give you guys uh, – there's going to be two possible points on each of these because whoever gets the um, – if you, if you pick the correct side, you, you you get a point. No, actually, no, we're not going to do it that way. What am I thinking? I'm overthinking this. I'm overthinking this. It's going to be one point because whoever the closest – let's just keep it simple. All right, so our first trade comes from Eric P. at 83 Eric P., and his question in his 12-team Superflex PPR Dynasty League, go with the Derrick Henry side, or do you go with Zach Wilson in a 2022 first? So 12-team PPR Dynasty Superflex, Derrick Henry or Zach Wilson in a 2022 first? So what, is, what, which side do you, first of all, which side do you like, and then what, do you, what, what did Twitter say? This is a no-brainer, right, for us? I hope. I think uh, uh, you're you're on your own in, in this game, Jake. So yeah, what, that's what... fine. I think uh, <laughs> I think I would take Zach Wilson alone over Derrick Henry. I don't know if that's like a, a reach to say or anything like that, but maybe if I have no other running backs and I'm also competing for a championship, I'd want like I'd want to keep Derrick Henry in that position. But mm. with everything independent, like I want I want the 22 year old quarterback who was just drafted second overall who a franchise is putting like everything in the hands of this guy banking on. And I'm like, Derek Henry is superhuman, but he's also 27 turning 28 at running back position. Like I want the guy who's got a full career ahead of him, not a year or two. And to get a first round pick on top of that, whew, that's, that's easy for me. Do you want me to say how much I think they're winning by right now? Or do you want me to do you want to let so, it go? So, well, well, so um well well we'll come back let's do that let's 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 say so you pick you t- said which side you pick which is zach wilson 2022 first well do you do you agree is that the side that you would take uh i think so 
there, there's some dependence here on your, your roster building what you're looking at. Oh, definitely. And Zach Wilson just has a big – That I get that he has a, his whole career in front of him. His, his whole career could be terrible. I mean, we've seen the early – like early picked quarterbacks wash out of the league relatively quickly. We're like, you know, like Sam Darnold now going to the, the Panthers and that's a Jets like cor- correlation, but not causation because different coaching staff, but it's still the same like front office and what they're doing. Uh, Derek Henry. I, I, again, we, we, we talked about the Patriots slightly like Derek Henry has been, been undervalued since after his like rookie year, sophomore year. Uh, he was overvalued like at that, at that time when DeMarco Murray came to the Titans. So uh, for me, though, I think the, the smart choice and what you should do is take Zach Wilson in that 2022 first. Uh, but I also think Derrick Henry, again, has a chance to rush for, you know, 2,000 yards, you know, in a 16-game fantasy season, 17-game NFL season. And it's have five passes. I mean, the, but the, th- the thing is, if he puts up with, if, with Julio Jones being such a big, dynamic offensive addition – that maybe he has more, it opens up a little bit more rushing lanes. That offensive line's still good. They're still going to be efficient. So uh, it, it's a tough one. I'm going to say, though, like Twitter went like 70% Zach Wilson 2022 first. We don't even know where that 2022 first is. Like, if that's an early first, I'm taking the first over Derrick Henry. Obviously, course, team dependent. Of course, if it's an early first, this is a, a massive sweep, but I would bet. But even if it's like, well, so. A 109, 110 in this draft, Javante Williams, Mac Jones territory. Like, yeah, I would trade so even a mid first, even Henry. like a late first, right? So, this no, I'm saying I would take Derrick Henry over the 109, 110 this year. What about adding Zach Wilson to it? Well, yeah, then, then you take. Well, we already we talked about this in the Patreon show. Like, I would take Javante Williams over Derrick Henry, who is frequently picked in those spots, just to get those yeah. that extra seven years. Yeah. Well, extra proposed seven years. I mean, second round running backs still have a, a higher risk rate than I think Derrick Henry's twenty twenty one fantasy champion process. Or sorry, fantasy champion upside. I'm just I'm trusting the fact of the draft capital, the youth. Like, obviously, I understand these guys are proven, but there's just way too much value on that one side. Um, I wanted to say seventy three percent. I realize that's not too different from will i think we're pretty close on twitter percent here okay so you're going 73 percent well you're going 70 percent and um i i would i think this trade is closer than you guys i i th- i think i'd take this zach wilson in the 2022 first but it is really team dependent isn't it right if you're a contender you, you might want to you know acquire a guy like Derek henry to really you know push you over the edge but if, if you're not anyway let, I don't even know, guys, what the answer is because I was saving this for our discussion on the show. So when we do this live, I'm going to vote. And we, since we all picked Zach Wilson's side, we'll pick that. So I'll retweet this from my Twitter account. I'll retweet it from the F of Joe's account. And it is 64% Zach Wilson in the 2022 first and 36% Derrick Henry. So well done, both of you. But, Will, you get the point on this one. You were closer at 70%. So 64%. Zach Wilson in the 2022 first. And to just uh, go off what you said, I don't even really think it's team dependent. Like I know I'm just digging my heels in here, but we, we talked about my last trade. You could, if we could flip that first for Chris Carson and I'm competitive, I would probably take the point difference from yeah, yeah, Derek Henry to Chris Carson. And I would love to have a Zach Wilson as the difference maker there. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Like I, and, I would be interested to see the points per game difference between Henry and Chris Carson at the end of the season. And, and, and Zach Wilson is interesting because uh, there are so many people that are kind of writing him off. And, and we, as we've learned, we just don't, um, don't know with, with quarterbacks. So we just said what uh, Josh Rosen, for example, um, this one, guys, the, the, we'll take a pause from the scoring. Cause I, I just, I thought this was an interesting question because you can actually tell the, re- see the results here, the way I put the image in um, this question was, how would you rank these four running backs? So you have Michael Carter, Trey Sermon, Miles Gaskin, and James Robinson. And I think they mean for Dynasty because it was from Dynasty Dorks Fantasy Football, hashtag Dynasty Trades. So um, and, and so, how would you guys – we see that we also see how they were ranked. I'll tell the listeners. So it looked like Miles Gaskin was the clear winner, then Trey Sermon, and then James Robinson and Michael Carter were kind of close for third place. Um, would you guys have ranked them the same for Dynasty? I would have put, I would have put Sermon above Gaskin. I would, I would make that deal right now. Yeah. I, I, me too. Well, and Jake, I think you're the same, right? Yep. Yeah. So I was pretty, honestly, I was surprised and it would have been interesting to see what I would have thought before seeing the results that Gaskin was the clear winner. Um, and I, I don't know guys, this surprised me with Twitter because I, I thought that Sermon was kind of rising in value. I've seen Sermon go higher and higher in drafts. Is that not what's going on out there in the dynasty community? Uh, I mean, he's been in all the drafts in Superflex. He's been at the one-two turn. Yeah, and I'm not sure I could flip Gaskin to get that pick either. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so either. So anyway, I just so I wanted definitely to... surprised by the results. Yeah, I just wanted to... That's one of the reasons I put it in. I just wanted to talk about the results. Well... Uh, yeah, and then I think I would take... I would go Sermon... I think... Because I'd want this year, so I'd probably go Gaskin, Carter, Robinson. Which kind of sucks that Robinson's so low after a good season last year. But... Uh, I, I just, the, the risk reward of Michael Carter seems pretty high right now, but you can, sorry, but I would still, I think miles Gaskin at this point in time, I'd be able to flip him four weeks into the season in a dynasty league for more than I could flip Michael Carter for. Unless Michael Carter's sold in the starting gig. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't trust that yet. I don't disagree with that. So if you are a patron member, if not, I would recommend subscribing to the Fantasy Joe's patron at the $4 Carolina Reaper tier. You you can get uh, access to my dynasty rankings and rookie rankings, and you would know how these four running backs rank compared to all of the running backs. I have Trey Sermon two tiers above Miles Gaskin, so I think there's a decent gap there just based on um, only to your age difference, but Gaskin, we could see him being replaced sooner than Sermon could be a type of thing. And if Sermon, Sermon steals that lead gig, there are tons of yards available to him. I think his ceiling is much higher than people give credit for. Um, and I do have Gaskin ahead of Carter. Um, I think mainly for the guaranteed points in 2020, I think um, Gaskin's just a way better bet than Carter. Where I do think if Carter did hit this year that his de- I would be probably quick to move him up Gaskin. I have them in the same tier, so I'm pretty wishy-washy on who I have. It might be team dependent if I'm competitive or if I'm looking to rebuild. And then of course, like we talked about James Robinson, only one tier below though. So I don't think it's too far away. James Robinson's tough because to me, it feels like he's being relegated to that Gus Edwards type role. And 
though Gus Edwards is, is you know, he's talked about is a great handcuff. He did get that big contract, so I'm very happy and cheers to Gus Edwards. But uh, you're not very excited to own like, like Gus Edwards is a decent asset, but you're not like, yeah, have Gus Edwards. That's Watch out. His best Watch case out rest of the fantasy league. Yeah. One good thing about James Robinson is being a UDFA. He doesn't have to stay for the four year of his rookie deal. He can opt out after three. I'm pretty there's, sure. There's there's uh, exclusive rights free agency and then a researcher free agency. Gus Edwards went through this whole thing in the past couple of off seasons. Like he's a little bit stuck if they want to. Yeah. Uh, okay. So did, so did Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay was stuck in Denver for a little bit before uh, he, he went to the the Texans and what is turning out to be a horrible move. Wow. We'll see. All right, guys, let, let's go to the next trade. It's from John Williams at John nine Williams. Dynasty trade uh, gave Dalvin cook, Alexander Madison. He got in return, David Montgomery, Austin Eckler and the one twelve. both teams are contenders. I needed a better RB depth. So which side do you like? Do you like the Dalvin cook, Alexander Madison side? Or do you like the package of David Montgomery, Austin Eckler, and the 112? We, I don't know if this is super flex or not. Let's say it's one QB because it sounds like it's probably one QB. This is tough because the one QB versus super flex. Yeah, that would make a difference for the 112 pick. Like pretty changes much. everything because the I, 112 pick isn't that interesting in one QB. I, I think Twitter, let, let's assume, I always assume unless they specify it, so it's one QB. So we're going to say one QB for the sake of our. Uh, but but who knows what Twitter thought when they looked at this? So you got to keep that in mind too. We can probably agree it's not much of a conversation if it was Superflex. I would say it'd be, I think it'd be the package rather easily, where it becomes definitely more of a conversation um, if it is one QB. Will? Yeah, I think I, I, I so if it's one QB, I'm going to take the Dalvin Cook Alexander Madison side personally. I'm going to say during this point in the season though that Twitter has gone 56% for the package, which they're both packages, but the, the extra pick in there. Uh, I, I mean, Dalvin Cook, I mean, in a, you know, in the half-point PPR, scored seven more points per game than, than David Montgomery last season. It, that, that, that kind of difference maker on your team, it just that, – that, that elite asset where even if he has just one year and you win the league that year, it's easily worth it. I think Dalvin Cook has the upside to be the number one running back in fantasy next year. And I don't think yeah. David Montgomery, Austin Eckler, or the 112 have the upside to do that ever. Eckler has the potential to have a fantastic season. So I think it is uh, – I know that we said one QB, but if this was a super flex move. I would love it because I think it's an excellent pivot to make. Um, like Dalvin Cook is – running backs on their second contract have risk i like i and i would be quick to pivot to a younger guy obviously a montgomery or eckler it's not the pivot that's making but i don't i'll say it every podcast and i'll stumble over my words saying it you you want more you want more good assets and good players like it's the name of the game but i i agree with will that in a one qb the 112 is going to be a decent probably wide receiver maybe you get a trace sherman maybe michael carter but you want that league-winning running back in Dalvin Cook, especially this year. Yes, let's look here. Like the so, one, yeah, the one twelve so, is going to be like a Terrace Marshall, yeah, Michael Carter, maybe Trey Sermon. If you got a little lucky there. So, or so any you, of the other wide receivers fall, which isn't terrible. But so, what do you guys? More. What are you guys thinking of what what Twitter said then on this one? 
the Gabe side or the Gott side. So Dalvin Cook, Madison, or Montgomery Eckler, the 112. I went 56% for the Gott. 56% for the Gott. Okay. And Jake? Um, we are confirming, like, does and there's oh. no nothing about what's the scoring system? Also, nope. pull, pull it up yeah. the league that I pulled the references from for uh, Trey Sermon or Michael Carter. Uh, there was one person who had a couple earlier picks that thought it was super flex and made some mistakes. Rough. So that is going to be more of a, you know, that Rondell Rondo Moore, uh, Rashad Bateman range. If I don't think Bateman's falling that far in single quarterback. Um, I will say 63% for the Dalvin Cook side. 63% for the Gabe side. Okay. So I, I have to say for someone that has spent a lot of time on Twitter, Will is doing quite well. So it was actually the got side, the David Montgomery, Austin Eckler, and the 112. Twitter like that, 59% to 41%. So, Will, you you have a 2-0 lead. You are pulling away. Yes, you said it was 59%? I've been pretty close with these percentages, too. Yes. Yes, you, you were... Are, are on the wrong side. So, so um, and, and that's a, a couple of things here. Number one, we don't know how Twitter looked at this. That were they assuming it was Superflex or not, which makes a difference. And um, a reminder to people: if you put trades on Twitter, which is it can be fun, uh, you can use that hashtag Dynasty Trades, and, and several people will will pick it up and and retweet that kind of thing. But be very specific about players. Don't put, you know. Dalvin gave Dalvin Cook received Williams. Well, what Williams in the league did you receive back? You know that that you need to be as specific Extra. as possible. No, cook so. cook for Williams. Cook for Williams. Cook for Williams. Extra Jared Williams. Cook for Ricky Williams. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so Jake, you gotta you gotta heat up here, man. We we gotta we gotta make this competitive. Um uh let's see. So the next one, and I just lost it. Let me go back to it. I thought this was kind of interesting. This was from uh, Scorzy at underscore S-O-R-C-I underscore. Would you move Jonathan Taylor for Justin Herbert or wait until the season? Dynasty Superflex PPR, hashtag Dynasty Trades. I currently have only Tannenhill with Jacobs and Najee Harris. So so basically Superflex League, move Taylor for, for... Justin Herbert, because I think he's worried that, you know, he only has Tannehill, I guess, in a, in a Superflex league. Yeah, um, I would I not yet. Said. What's I that? Well, uh, I, I would, I would, sorry, I, I would not yet. Uh, I wonder what pick he took Najee with and made a mistake there by not taking a quarterback. I think that's interesting. Unless quarterbacks just went like, you know, like hotcakes in the league, you know, you never know. Yeah. And just got to deal on that. I see if I'm in that situation, I'm going for cheaper quarterbacks first. Like what can you get Ryan Fitzpatrick for? Uh, are you willing to take it like a little bit of a risk at, at a low value of like Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, you know, you know, something like that to try to add, you know, you move other pieces for, for something like that. Like Jonathan Taylor has the potential to be the number one overall pick next year in Tennessee. If he has a really great season, if he, if he continues what he was doing last year at the end of the year, uh, I don't think Justin Herbert has that same kind of upside. I agree with Will. Um, given that we know some parts of his team, Tannehill, Jacobs, Najee, 
I'd be keeping Jonathan Taylor and then trying to acquire a cheap quarterback. But if I am in a startup draft, I would probably end up be, I'd probably end up taking Justin Herbert before Jonathan Taylor, just because I think I like building my team early through the quarterback position, especially like it's pretty top heavy near the beginning. And I think they go real quick, especially this off season. And I kind of trust her. Like I, I do believe in Herbert a little bit. Um, but again, get knowing his team and his structure, that's, that wouldn't be the move. Okay. Yeah. So, so in the base what's not on here is basically the, he put Jonathan Taylor, Justin Herbert. So that's kind of the question here. Um, we, we answered the, this, you know, or wait until next season, we kind of elaborated a little bit, but what do you think Twitter selected here between Taylor or Justin Herbert? Jake, why don't you, you go first? Do you think they took the Taylor side or the Herbert side and what percentage did they give the Wayne side? Oh man. I want to, I honestly think that's going to be close to 50, 50. I will say Herbert 55% and I think I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I, I, my guess is, uh, like if this was just a vote. It's going to be like, wait till the season. And it's going to be like 60%. But yeah, but the, the question on Twitter, he didn't put in the poll, like wait till the season. So, the, so basically just pick now Taylor or Herbert essentially. Yeah. I'll go 61% Taylor. Although even in like Superflex dynasty rankings in ADP, Justin Herbert's above Taylor. I just don't see this as a necessary move. I don't see anyway. Twitter reciprocating what startup ADP says. Yeah, that's, that's why, why I said I'm I going, think I'm that's wrong. why I'm going Taylor. Yeah. Well, wouldn't surprise I've, me at all. I've got good news, Jake. You are Woo-hoo! correct this time. You you had the Herbert side, which which Twitter did as sixty five percent. Wow. And um, so ta- so Herbert sixty five percent, Taylor thirty five percent. I think with Superflex leagues too, when people look at this, I think that. Um, you know, people just t- tend to go for the quarterback over the running back. And in this case, it is pretty close. I think these guys are closely valued. Um, uh, you know, I like them both a lot. I think I'm probably higher on Herbert than you guys. I, I get that impression, but um, yeah, they're both great centerpieces to have on your, your dynasty superflex team. So yeah, but, but basically we're saying you, you don't need to make a move now. Um, you can get a little bit creative and um yeah. So, so good luck to you. Um, uh, uh, if I'm saying your name, right. Is this Sor- Sorzy? Is that, does that look right? Anyway, Sorzy, thanks for putting out that, that tweet. Oh, Sorzy, it's Italian. Um, let's go to the next one. Um, and this is one I don't have the, another one I don't have the answer to. It's kind of fun. So we got a t- two, one lead. Will your, your Jake is coming for you. This was at from <laughs> Jason. Just listen to the, you could cut the tension. Oh, it's so competitive. You guys, Jeez. I'm looking up these tweets. <laughs> Jason Rose. I'm surprised uh, that you would, you would take Herbert over Taylor too. Cause Taylor is younger than Herbert. Jake. That's just, I'm also around. surprised because Jonathan Taylor is my RB one. So it's just a matter of like strategy and Justin Herbert is my QB seven. I think I'd probably draw the line at Herbert for who I would pick over Jonathan Taylor, but it I just think something. there's, yeah, there, there's more comparable QB depth than there, what there is at the top end of running backs. Like the, there's just such a massive gap. Yeah. I and, can't even argue that at all. Yeah. It's just the, yeah, that, and the outlier season, 
of quarterbacks. I, I just, it's, I find the quarterback landscape, uh, like just, just wildly intriguing overall. And, and then like, which direction you want to go. And like, so, in reality, in a startup, I'm probably trading my first round pick like 10 out of 10 times. So I probably wouldn't even have it. And I wouldn't target a guy like Herbert. I'd probably target that Trey Lance or Justin Fields in the second round or later. Cause I think that's probably a better value. Right. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Herbert Wattas, he had a lot of wow factor last year, but he could still, have, you know, there's a new coaching staff in town. There's, there's a lot of things that could go wrong as well. Like he just has more risk than I think we're baking into that. Even like ranking or ADP. I'm not, I'm not, in a, if I'm forced to pick in a startup draft and I have the seventh overall pick, I'm not going to. Josh Rosen. Like carry that risk. I mean, yeah, this, I got Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold. <laughs> we're all set boys. Let's go. And that's a, that's a good point. Will, because we, we do have to be careful in dynasty because we've made this mistake time and time again, where someone like explodes on the scene of the quarterback position and we, we invest heavily and, and we take them early in our startup drafts. And it, it turns out they're not the real deal. Um, I mean, and, and it, Mayfield. Right. And, and that's why I think sometimes it's smarter just to, you know, acquire the Matt Stafford's cousins of the world. Yeah. They're older, but you know, you, you, if, if you're going to put money, are they going to be playing at a decent level? And, you know, in, in three years from now, you know, you know, I mean, I mean, obviously less upside, but just, just yeah, just, it's good to see for a couple of seasons before you. I'd be, much, I'd be much quicker to tra- trade a Josh Jacobs for a Baker Mayfield or a Tua or a Matthew yeah, Stafford, that kind yeah. of tier player. Yeah. Right. Like, in, like in Superflex ADP in 2019, after Baker Mayfield's rookie season, he was going to his QB five. Uh, it, this, it was the 16th overall pick. So the QB thirst is definitely heavy moving forward. But if you took him at QB five, then you you've been very very disappointed. Oh man, yeah, that's for sure. So l- let's move on to the next trade from Jason Rhodes at J A H O W Rhodes. Uh, it's a one QB league, so he told us that very very well done, Jason. Point uh, five PPR, twelve team. So it's Stefan Diggs or Brendan Ayuk in a late. Uh, 2022 first. So we've got Diggs, who was one of the best wide receivers in fantasy last year, or, or Brandon Ayuk, uh, who emerged on the scene, younger player, and the a late what what we think is going to be a late 2022 first. Who wants to jump in on this one? So personally, for me, um, in a one quarterback league, a late first just doesn't move the needle too much. Like. If we're dealing with a lesser player, sure, it's gonna it's gonna pose value. But when it comes to like a Stefan Diggs elite talent, like I'm not gonna par for it for a lesser wide receiver and a first. Um, if I if I thought it was mid early first, then I would definitely have more consideration to it. Um, but for me, it's Diggs. It's just um, there's just too big of a gap between. Obviously, for me, everyone knows that I'm an ageist, so I love the youth the, the youth chasing. Um, and you have what what age difference we got here? A four year age gap, but we got the number one on um, Josh Allen's offense, which was just astronomical potential type of right there. And Ayuk, I think you got Kittle, you got Debo, Debo Samuel. I just don't think you have the ceiling or even close to it. All right. Well, do you disagree or do you agree with Jake? Uh, no, I'm going to go 
Diggs here, and I, I would am also going to. I, I th- it just Diggs upside with the continuity they have in Buffalo moving into this season. I think Diggs is in for another big year. Like and you're just going to assume full health. Uh, I, I think Ayuk is a good player. I think right now may be a good time to use him as a trade piece uh, to move out the late again, projecting late 2022 first is uh, aggressive. You never know how that team is going to use what you sent away you know, or what you're getting to make their team better or change it. Great point. So, but if it's the, you know, if it's the one Oh six, that probably changes. Cause there's, there's going to be, it, it can't, I, I don't know enough about the 2022 draft class and what's coming in, but I know there's probably going to be more than three running backs that everybody wants. So maybe another wide receiver slips or something like that. But it, it, the long story short is uh, Diggs is proving he's elite. He's still young enough. He is the type of prototype that lasts for another five years in the league. So the, to me, it should be an easy Diggs. And I'll go like, oh, with Twitter, I'm only going to go 76% Diggs. All right. 76% on the dig side. Jake, you never gave me a number. What, what are you going with? I'll go 69% digs. Nice. 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 Okay. Excuse to say 69. <laughs> All right. So I don't know the answer. I'm, we're going to vote here. We're, I'm, I'm, I agree with you guys. For me, this is easy to dig side. So, and my phone, of course, just went into screensaver mode, but digs is the vote. And Diggs comes in at 65%. So congratulations, it. Jake. You've tied the game. One thing too is like you could probably make this trade at the end of the season and like get those digs points. Yeah. And also uh Jake has to go first next time. The percentages have gone first every time. Oh. And you know, with two wins with that, I should I should get like extra points. <laughs> You're not bitter or anything though, Will, right? No, totally fine. Totally fine. Okay. Um, why am I going around the? Oh, I'm, I'm hitting the wrong button on my screen. I'm having so technical difficulties. Um, our listeners do not know that um, I could get into Zoom early on because I was in internet issues, and apparently these problems continue. So I think, guys, we're down to the um, the last one that we have, and this is uh, for all the marbles, so to speak. This is for the championship on at least this episode. So the question comes from uh, another person at. T-I-J-A-P-O-T. Or Tiapot. Tiapot. So this the, the question is, Parker Plus or Hunter Henry? PPR, tied in premium, Superflex. So it's D Parker. I'm assuming that's Devontae Parker. And Pat Fryer-Muth. Um, so that side or Hunter Henry? So I thought this was fun because these are guys that not too many people are talking about. And Pratt Farmuth, guys, another reason I wanted to put this one in is that he seems to be getting, like, like I don't say disrespected, but um, he's sliding down a little bit later in leagues than I thought he would. I've picked up several shares of him, which kind of surprised me that he was available as, as late as he's been. So um, not, not this, like, screaming value, but just, I don't know, I just thought people would be higher on him, and, and just they're they're not at all. So... Um, I wanted to ask you guys about that, but so, uh, um, well, why don't you start this time? Um, and, um, don't say a percentage, not percentage wise, but just to talk, start the discussion on which side you think you would want to hear. Oh, the rubber, rubber match. I honestly don't want to talk about either side. This is a stupid deal. 
<laughs> I just Chris. don't. I just don't really care. I mean, I Pat. I I, I would take Pat Fryermuth. I think he is closer to Hunter Henry uh, right now than than I think. I mean, it, it's just it's just it's tight end premium. It's not too tight end, right? Uh, so the you're probably not going to start Hunter Henry all the time with the tight end situation that they they have in uh in New England right now. So I just like. I have a really hard time getting passionate about this one, but to me, yeah, I think this is a, a good, like Devonte Parker, Pat Fryermuth. It's because like Parker, it, maybe he has like a few good games this year with with Tua. Who knows? I I, I just I, I want the Devonte Parker, Pat Fryermuth side. Okay, um, and we'll come back to you last for percentage. So, Jake, what what would you recommend to another person? I find it I find it so funny how this question is worded. Parker plus or Hunter Henry. For me, Parker has zero like influence on this trade whatsoever. Like <laughs> I think Par- Parker might not be worth a roster spot in my mind. Like that might be like so like overblown, but he's just never been a guy I've believed in. He's never been a guy that like barely seems like he believes in himself. Like putting like putting in that effort. I think Miami brought in like way more competition that I'm not sure Parker is long for the league type of thing. Or if I had him, I would. I don't think I'd ever start him. So he just would not be a piece that would make a difference in any trade for me. In the exact same breath, I'm taking that side because I rank Pat Fire Firemuth alone over Hunter Henry by a tier. Um, for your age gap, Hunter Henry is just like such a hard guy to want to start every week. Like you're just not never gonna trust it. Like you're just fingers crossed. I hope I get a touchdown. Like, oh, this is a good matchup. This team can't isn't good against the tight end. Like, hopefully it's Henry's turn this time to catch it. Where at least Fryermouth, I agree, like you, the exact same breath, you're probably not starting Pat this year. Um, but he's got a higher he's got more potential for his value to increase. Um, where Hunter Henry, I feel like his value is already stagnated. Yeah. I think Fermuth is an interesting uh, tight end because I, I think he's he's maybe a little bit raw. I, so I I did a lot of research into him because I, I he was available in a few of my leagues and I thought to myself like what's going on? Is, did he get hurt or something? Is that why people are passing him? And he didn't test. You know, no pro day. Yeah, I guess I guess that's what it is. But you know the reports out of camp is that he's you know he's playing well and he's going to you know be on the field a lot because one thing that. Um, Eric Ebron can't do very well as a block. So, and, or catch really. Yeah. So I, I I don't know. I, I I think that he, he, he's a, you know, a a solid tight. I mean, he he could develop into a, you know, a decent tight end, decent fantasy tight end. I I don't think his upside is incredible or anything like that, but anyway, I I like the, uh, and and I, you know, I I like the idea of getting, you know, I, I probably like Hunter Henry a little bit more than maybe you guys do. But I, I agree, there's not a huge difference between the two tight ends. And then you get Devontae Parker on top of it. it it's kind of an easy call to make. So, um, I don't 62%. think 62%. So, I, I, I what, what, what did you say again? I'm sorry, 62? 62% for Pat okay. Fireman. 63%. Let's go. Okay. I kind of thought about going under, but I just I passionately, I actually think Devontae Parker, if it's just a nice cheap asset, I, I would rather take his upside. Okay, let's like he's, see. Like again, like a plug and play starter in Dynasty. If you have a team, like if you had a second tight end that you're moving Hunter Henry for, like Parker, you would potentially start more games than you would Hunter Henry if you have a very weak wide receiver core. All right, let, let's do this. 
I'm going to vote. I don't know the answer. What, so perc- what percent did, uh, did he say 1% over me? What did you say, Will? Yeah, 1% yes. over you. Oh, I thought you just misheard me. I didn't know that was your number. <laughs> nope. Here we go. Let's see. You'll never believe what it is. 64%. <laughs> Buy one, get one for free. Jake Patterson Green- has logged off again. Will Greenwood, by the narrowest of margins, wins it three to two. So Twitter says 64% Parker for our youth. All right. Over. Well, you, you can take that. You can take the title of this one, but I'm coming for it. All right. I'm, and, and pretty, I'm actually pretty good at guessing tw- Twitter trades. I was 2% off. So you know what? I'm not even too upset. Uh, I was half that off. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so nice. Nicely done. I did have another trade to talk about from a patron member. Um, I've, I'm not, uh, there's no poll percentage wise, so I understand Will has won it, but I wanted to talk real quickly about, uh, we have a friend, Corey Deaton made a trade, Darren Waller. He traded away Darren Waller and Marlon Mack for Dallas Goddard and Juju. And he's rebuilding. What do you guys think about that? Oh man, I gotta, gotta process this. I think, um, just throwing it at you last, last minute. No, that's okay. Um, you know, I, I guess on the surface, if he, if he's rebuilding, it, it, I think the deal makes sense. I mean, I think Marlon Mack is just a like I, I am I am I, I I have a problems believing that coming back from an Achilles injury that he's going to be as effective as he was before. So, and I, I know that the the science changes, and now we're starting to see more players come back from an Achilles injury, but before that was just kind of like a career death sentence. So I'm, I'm a little bit worried about that. So I, I'm just kind of looking at this as Waller for Goddard yeah. and Juju. And I, and I think that's a pretty good return. I mean, you know, um, I, I still think there's a world where Waller could have several good years left, but um, uh, you know, I, I think getting Goddard a guy that I think this is probably the time where we're going to see him merge. Um, although there's a little bit of a gamble there because, you know, we, we, you know, he's a very talented player, but, but can't, you know, you're giving up a guy that we've seen now for a couple of seasons to have monster seasons at tight end for a guy that we think can do it. Um, and then Juju, of course, um, you know, we haven't seen him um, really perform at a high level without um, Antonio Brown there. Right. And, and I don't, I don't think this year he's going to have a particularly good year. Um, I, and I think he just kind of went back to Pittsburgh because he liked it. And I, and I think he wanted to wait to enter free agency next year to get more money because of the salary cap issues. So he'll probably be in a better situation in 2022. But so uh, it's, it's hard for me to to love the deal. But I I, I think it's if you're rebuilding, I, I do think Goddard and Juju is an interesting return for Waller. So I, mean, I, I don't hate I don't hate it. Yeah, I feel like Goddard is a, a whole mess of upside that you're getting. And then you're also buying a significantly depressed uh, mm-hmm. asset in Juju right now, which I still think that it's it's been too – so, like, I mean, Juju's rookie year is just – it's incredible just even to look back, you know, at, at what he did. But uh, I, I still think Juju's talented. And maybe Pittsburgh isn't the long-term fit, and I get going back there for the one-year deal for the consistencies to try to make more money next year. If he actually had an offer from Kansas City and didn't go there, that I do feel like is a big mistake uh, overall. Huge mistake. And I think he would have enjoyed the lifestyle there more with a young, fun quarterback versus an old, crusty quarterback. But, uh, fun. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, Kansas City likes to pass the, like, pass the ball effectively and has a quarterback that can make a throw from anywhere on the field and, and run around. But uh, I, I still I, I think this is just you're buying into the dip on Juju. 
and Goddard has a, a, a good amount of upside. Waller, he's, you know, maybe you're missing out on some fantasy points this season, but he's not going to, I, I just don't feel like water Waller's value can't go up. Right. Like we're at the point where he's not going to be at the, you know, the Travis Kelsey type of range of, of tight end. So yeah, I, I really, really like this deal. And I think the person acquiring Waller, if that was their one piece away and you know, they, they had enough wide receiver core where Juju didn't matter. I think it's fine for them too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's going to be 29 in September. So um, yeah, I know we've seen Titans go well into the thirties, but yeah, there's probably going to be a decline. And, uh, and it, it, it does seem to me that um, 2020 is probably going to be his high mark with, you know, nine touchdown catches. I don't, I don't think he's going to necessarily repeat that. And um, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, so yeah, the more I think about it, I think it's a, it's a good, it, like, I was like, yeah, I, I don't hate it, but the more I think about it, I, I do think it's, it's better the, the more I process it because, uh, I, I do like Dallas Goddard quite a bit and, um, yeah. And, and he's one of the few tight ends I think that, that we're hyping that really could make that leap up to like where Waller is now and, and stay there for a few years. And, and then you get the, uh, Juju on top of that, who's a talented wide receiver. And even if he doesn't, return to what well, we thought he was going to be his first couple of years in the league. He's going to be a, a you know, a, a guy you feel comfortable starting. He'll, he'll, he'll produce for you. And yeah. at one point, Oh, sorry. Well, no, no, I, mine's off topic. So at one, on topic, one point I want to make is uh, if you are committing to a rebuild Waller, like a guy like Waller is the last guy you want in your lineup, like, or on your roster, he's hurting your team by helping like by yeah, scoring fantasy point. points. The yeah. last thing you want to be is like a middling team fighting for a playoff spot. If you don't think you're winning for the championship, like if you're, you don't want to be in that purgatory spot, you want to be, you want those early draft picks. Right. So I, I, I love the move for Corey. Like, like we said, the more, like the more you look at it and the more you think about it, especially given where his team is. And I think that's like important with every trade, right? Like it's, it's so team dependent where, like uh, Ryan said, use that, use those, the hashtag dynasty trades to get opinions out there, but try to be as specific as possible about where you're looking at, because it's, it's so easy to pick one side, but there's also so many trades that are win-wins for both teams because people just have, people are in different directions. So yeah, yeah I like it, it for core. Good call. Good, good, good feedback guys. Um, so guys, we're, we're to the two minute warning of tonight's episode. So any final thoughts? Anything else we want to mention? Uh, quarterback scoring was pretty inflated last year during the season with no fans in the stands. Uh, and I think offensively, we saw some outlier seasons from the pass catchers, not just the running backs. So just be prepared when you're going to dress this year. Like when you look at last season's stats and to base what your opinion of, of players are moving into this year, that it's, uh, it's going to be a whole new world again. And we're, we're going to be back. I think that next year when we look at Superflex ADP, we're going to have more of a mismatch of quarterbacks versus the current like top five picks are all quarterbacks. And what is it? Uh, eight out of the top 12 are quarterbacks. This is a uh, 2020 was the, the strangest season we've ever had as dynasty players. And you shouldn't lead into that, var- like lean into that variance moving forward. If anything, if you can go against it and grab some value, that's the way to go. That's where that like Jonathan Taylor, Justin Herbert thing to me comes out is if, you know, Justin Herbert is, has, you know, they're traveling to Kansas City and that's a packed stadium, that's going to be a completely different game than what he played last year. Jake, any final thoughts? Yes. Um, I wanted to read a tweet from Andrew Hall FF. 
If you're not in SFB 11, that doesn't mean you're excluded from anything. Buy a t-shirt, the proceeds support it. Buy an avatar, the proceeds support it. Retweet and like posts about it, the eyeballs support it. Join copycat leagues and satellite tournaments, consider it practice. I get that being in, it is the goal, but if you miss out, don't feel bad. Just do more to earn your spot next year. Include yourself, get, in, get involved, be a part of the solution and not be a part of the problem. It might help you get in a spot next year. And I just, I couldn't agree more with it. Um, Scott Fishbowl is always something that I always try to get into and fell short for a few years. Um, then, of course, I went the route of sending Scott Fish tons of pictures of uh, my dog Noodle, and it got me in. And that led me to join the Avi Makers and like the community and like just how fun it has been to not just support a great cause, but to like just see people's reactions and enjoyment from getting it. Like Avi's, all that stuff is, is phenomenal, right? So, there's just so much that you can do even when you're not in the league to still support it and still have potential to be in it next year. Like I didn't expect to be in this year, but just by uh, giving back and getting involved, showing my support, like I got in this year for being an Abby maker, right? Like it, it does pay to be supportive. Like Andrew said in his tweet. Um, so as being an AV, uh, SFB Avi maker. I just want to put out there that we have a website that you can get your own. So even if you're not in the league, if you're in a satellite, whatever, I couldn't suggest more getting one that the content being put out by these guys. And like, even myself are just, it's phenomenal. Like I am just getting blown away. The, the theme is music this, this year. And it has been a blast to mess with album covers and fan artwork and like listening to bands that I've never heard of before or the artwork for it. And it's a, uh, it's been a good time. So just uh, my main point is get involved. Great. That, that's great, Jake. Thanks for, for sharing that and, and mentioning Scott Fishbowl. We're going to have a, a show. We're going to talk a little bit about Scott Fishbowl and it's going to be kind of, kind of fun. We'll talk about some strategy, but just also some general things and hopefully some things that you can apply to any league that you're in, not just Scott Fishbowl. So um, that'll be coming up um, very soon. And I, I just want to say kind of on the, to that end, Rotoware that produces the t-shirts for the Scott Fishbowl. They, I, I think the shirts are super comfortable. I love the designs this year. So there's like a kind of take on AC, AC. What's that? Did you get any? I did. I ordered, I ordered one, the, the world tour version for, I want to order one for myself and then I ordered one for my wife. So I wish I knew that. Yeah. What, what, what do you I, mean? The, the shipping to Canada is like ridiculous. Like it's oh, just, right. and the exchange. So I know we talked about like fantasy Joe gear eventually and stuff. I probably would have like paid you to pick me up one. And then whenever we got other stuff, send it all together. But, Oh, well, well, maybe there's a a window there. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk offline, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, so I just want to compliments to the, uh, the the team there to put those t-shirt designs together. So um, yeah, but I, I think, I think for this week, that's it. Um, You know, it's kind of interesting time in, in dynasty, even looking for trades on Twitter, there weren't as many dynasty trades as usual. So, um, you know, that, that, uh, it might be time to, to step away, but it might be time to, you know, look at what's going on in your leagues and make some offers. Cause you know, people are looking for things to do. They're looking for some action in your leagues. So, um, you know, be active, send out some offers and see what you can make happen. Um, so with that, we are the fantasy Joes. I am at, on at Twitter, on Twitter, at, or at Roto librarian. I'll get it out. I'll spit it out there correctly in a minute. Uh, Jake is on Twitter at Jake. Will is at Fancy Underscore Will. 
We can be found on Twitter at FFJoes as well. And support us on our Patreon account, patreon.com slash On behalf of Will Greenwood and Jake Patterson, I am Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. We've done that for a while. Well, yeah, beautiful or- Iowa jersey. Yeah, yeah I've never seen that before. Where'd that well, come from? Uh, we ordered them from like DH Gate, and it's CJ Frederick from Iowa. When we ordered them, he was still on Iowa. He then entered the transfer portal and is going to be on Kentucky. <laughs> oh, so it was thirty bucks. Uh, potentially not well spent, but crazy regardless. A one. Yeah, I mean it's hot here in Minneapolis. Like, like last last week I was doing all this like landscaping outside, and we're talking like uh hundred you know hundred degree temps in Minneapolis, and I don't think I've ever sweated so much outside of like bike racing in my life. It's yeah, like the one where you have to take off your sunglasses because sweat's just dripping <laughs> into them. I feel like yeah. You know, and then I play uh, was like the song by like White Snake or whatever, and then hop on the top of a uh, the hood of the Camaro. Too old of a reference, for even for everybody. For me. Also, Ryan, I loved you telling people to stay active when you've been like MIA on your leagues for two. Oh weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's funny, right? <laughs> Boom, yeah. roast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I said it on the Patreon show, but for those that are listening still and are not Patreon supporters, well, shame on you, first of all. But number two. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been insanely busy this week. And and I have to say, too, that for whatever reason, like, you know, a, a lot of leagues, they'll they start their drafts and auctions right after, you know, the the NFL draft. But I have like five leagues this week that started activity. And um, it just it kind of caught me a little bit off guard, you know, because I was kind of out of that mindset. And so I, so I've got a lot a lot of leagues going on and I'm trying to juggle them and finish the crazy um shark tank um eliminator that i'm in this idp auction it, it's it's still going on i still have like four roster spots to fill it's like the never-ending auction so uh i mean it's, it's been fun and it's been it's been a lot of fun and i love the team i've built in that week i'll show you guys sometime but um but man it's it's been the longest auction i've ever participated in so the auction that never ends uh i did some research on gary brightwell the sixth round pick for the giants uh, that dude's had a hard life and he, he's the running back, you know, that, that will back up Saquon Barkley, but he's like, yeah, football is much easier than the way I grew up. And he seems like a, a very, he's the kind of guy you want to root for. So anywhere he wasn't drafted, I've been trying to scoop up on waivers. Nice. So where is he on the depth chart? Is he, I mean, is he, um, he's gotta be number two, right? Like who else is there? Who are the running backs there? Cause Gallman's gone. They, they picked up, uh, Devonta Booker. Yeah, I mean, Devonta Booker has been Devonta Booker his whole career. No, I'm, I'm just saying that he's, you know, maybe by default. Let's see where our lads, our lads, depth chart, Giants, find out. Um, but also for Scott Fish, too, if you don't want a T-shirt or if, like you have enough T-shirts in your life, uh, you can also just donate money to them. Right. And then the, the potathon that that will happen. Um so that that Sal will do and, and, and a bunch of other people, they, they'll um, like have prizes. They'll, if you listen to the potathon, they'll auction off. And um, I think they they usually get some pretty, pretty cool stuff. So maybe wait to donate. Well, don't wait to donate, donate now and donate then. 
and um, you know, maybe there's like a, a like some prize will be given away if you make a donation. So a lot yeah. of opportunities. You'll feel super great about yourself if you just donate altruistically. Yes. Um, so the the depth chart for the Giants. We got Saquon, Devonta Booker right now, Elijah Penny, Gary Brentwell, and Takan Mazel. I think I think Mazel. I think he was, he was on the Bears back. Yeah, in that's the day. what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah. So anyway, is Kenyon Barner still running around the league somewhere? Who? I don't know. He was out of Oregon. He was an explosive player at Oregon, and then kind of just slotted into a special teams only player in the NFL. Right? Remember Kenyon Barter coming out? It was before yeah. we got into Dynasty, but he was a big right. deal. I'm, I'm just I'm sorry. I, I got a little bit distracted by this looking at this depth chart for the Giants. I was looking at poor Kadarius Tony, who you know, we were talking about like camp reports. Apparently Kadarius Tony is not having a good camp and it's like behind and um uh, he's behind John Ross uh, for the in terms of the starting slot receiver, wide receiver for the Giants. So that's uh, interesting. Not that hey, that Justin anything. Jefferson was behind all the beats. Yeah, it's true. You pounded the table with that narrative. I still think Darius Jerry Tony Rice was is... behind Bobby Johnson and Travis Fullerton. Wow. In his camp. I don't know if that's true. I don't think those are actual NFL players at any point in time, but we'll, we'll go with it. 